Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today, as we enter the second week of Advent, we are going to focus on the topic of joy, which correlates to the lighting of the pink candle of the Advent wreath. And joy is certainly something that most everybody wants to experience, and when it is experienced in fullness, it is a truly remarkable thing. So what is joy? And what is in joy that has the ability to change mind and body in seconds? The dictionary definition of joy states that joy is emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Delight a high degree of gratification or pleasure, something that gives great pleasure, the latter part of the definition. I find this definition quite interesting and what it suggests, especially as it pertains to the joy we experience as believers that is handed to us by God versus how the world sees joy. Contrary to the dictionary definition, the believer does not experience joy through good fortune, better known as luck. The believer also does not find healthy joy in the prospect of possessing what we desire. Rather, our joy comes through what God desires for us in our lives. Famous passage, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the joy will be added to us. As we examine the joys of joy, however, think about what brings you joy and delight. What makes you joyful? One thing we must understand right out of the gate is the fact that joy is certainly an emotion which is very hard to hide and most often results in a very uncontrollable outward physical expression. Isn't it awesome to see someone filled with joy? That overwhelming, usually full-body expression that becomes so contagious to everyone around. Joy is also often contagious. Simply seeing someone else who is filled with joy can induce the feeling of joy in others. But are there different types of joy? Is all joy the same? And does having joy always mean that we are in a good place? And does joy have any value in our lives other than the moment of happiness experienced in the moment? So let's answer some of these questions by looking at God's Word and see what He has to say about joy. And we're going to start in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Maybe that is why joy is so physical. After all, it is a fruit of the Spirit. And after all, aren't we supposed to bear, show outwardly, grow our fruit? Indeed, we will be known by the fruit we bear, which means if there is no physical expression of this fruit, there will be no joy. And since this fruit of the Spirit is designed to be on display in the world, If we keep it under wraps, indeed, we will be joyless, both within ourselves and with others. Have you ever noticed that joy comes from giving joy? This is a beautiful thing because it is only possible from one who has a joyful spirit in the Lord. It is so amazing when we can fill others with proper God-honoring joy, delight, and happiness. Isn't that what we are called to do and called to be? Full of joy, joyful in all things and to all people. And we as believers must show the fruit of our joy regularly. What's the proof? Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Matthew seven seventeen through 20. 
And there is our proof that we are directed by God to show the fruits of joy. It is not something we keep to ourselves. Again, don't think you can be joyful and keep it hidden. If you're living like that, you are not expressing anything resembling true joy from God. Again, we must show it because it is a directive from God to us, and He will not let us enjoy the fruits of the Spirit if we are not obedient in living them out in the open. An additional comment from Jesus reinforces this when he states quite clearly, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the floodwaters rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Yet more solid proof if we do not put joy into practice and the remaining fruits of the Spirit along with it. We will collapse within ourselves and collapse before the world. That sounds as though if we are not living according to God in joy, we will be living in self and potentially in a state of depression, perhaps a deep, great crashing and burning kind of depression. Again, Jesus makes it very clear, the building of our life on the sand, the world's foundation, cannot and will not stand the test of time when turmoil and heartache of the world rains down, and that turmoil and heartache begin to build up and flood over our lives, and still more pressure from the wind of battle that hits our mental and emotional structure, flattening us into wreckage. This is an amazing view of where joylessness leads each and every human on the planet. A tree that bears no fruit is cut down. So what is joylessness and where does it come from? Living by the world standards, which are indeed the carefully crafted and seductive standards authored by Satan himself. Romans 12, 2 through 3 states, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. And when, and only when, we are seeking God's will, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, will we find and live out true godly joy because our house will be built on God, the rock of salvation, and we will not crash. And knowing and living that will keep us from crashing and filled with joy. How then do we live to the best of our God-honoring abilities, full of joy? Joy that pleases God, who then floods our lives with more joy so we can pour that out all over the world. A medicinal joy that is the best antidepressant you could ever be prescribed. When you are crushed or being crushed by the world, when you have made the foolish mistakes of building on the sand, do this. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm 23, 4-6 continues, And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't that promise bring a smile to your face? 
Don't those words bring hope to your heart, peace to your mind, and true encouragement and joy, full joy, rejoicing joy in our great God? And this takes us back to the beginning if we have fallen from joy, and it is the beginning of the restoration of joy in our lives and all the remaining fruits of the Spirit of love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, Galatians 5.22, which all fill us with uncontainable, life-giving, life-altering joy. Let's look at a few additional joy-filled, encouraging words from God. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And why do we rejoice? Keep rejoicing and rejoice still more. Let's read in Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's continue on with 1 Peter 1.8-9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's keep going. Psalm 32, 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Still more, Colossians 1, 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. How about a few more? Psalm 126, 2 through 3. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Let's close with this. Romans 5, 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And that is great joy. Let us rejoice in these things. Let us pray. Most glorious Father, we thank you for being the giver of pure joy, joy that is inexpressible and yet speaks loudly to the world as we bear it out. We ask that you would drive us to a daily joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Give us strength, so that daily we would lift up our hearts, lift up our voice and rejoice, rejoicing that our Lord is King and knowing his kingdom cannot fail. Let us rejoice in glorious hope and remembering that Jesus will return and take us up to our eternal home. And we ask this with joy-filled hearts, all of these things in the name of our Lord and Savior and giver of pure joy, Jesus Christ. And now let us close with a benediction of joy. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Go and live out your joy in the Lord.